0: She started playing, and I got around and looked at it. Sure enough, there was a problem with number six. But uh, she corrected it. What she was putting on the computer, and I corrected what's being handed out to you. And then I admit I had to print out the last few pages all over again. But uh, I would rather do that than give you something that is not done right. And of course, she had to find one book of the Bible. Two. Why didn't you tell me about the other one? What's the other one? Did I put Lucas again? Oh, come on. I can't believe that. Anyway, she found one that I wrote in Portuguese. You know, it is really difficult. I sit in an office, you know. On any given day, and I'm working in both languages. And sometimes I don't get the switch ripped from one language to another I, I get already ripped. And, uh, So there's a little... um Portuguese in there, forgive me, I really do apologize, but I think you will be able to make it all right, all right? I'm going to do something that's very different tonight from what I've done before. Basically, what we are doing tonight is reading scripture. We're just going to read scripture one after another, okay? Everybody get a copy? All right. It's not that you need it here now, because everything is going to be on the screen, but you know, if you want to make some notations, there's room to make notations. I could print these out um, um, front and back, okay, which would save paper, but I kind of want you to have some room to make some notations if you need to do so. So there's room on the back of these sheets to make some of your own personal notations now or later. Now, I want, to say, I want you to keep these. I don't want these to be thrown under your bed or in the black closet somewhere. Because what I've given you tonight can be a very, very, very big help to you as you are witnessing to other people, other people who claim to be, you know, fully Christian, but they really don't have a grasp on Bible teaching when it comes to the new birth we're going to come across one word down here a little bit later, uh, and it's called easy believism. Well, that word believism isn't even in the dictionary, okay? Uh, that, that's, you'd have to get an apostolic dictionary to find that one, <laughs> all right? But what easy believism is, is this idea, you know, just lift your hand and say, I believe. You know, I, I, I'm very, very sorry for those who have gone that route. Uh word to some of Huh? They're all gone? Okay. No, I, I gave them a okay. shirt. I gave them a shirt.
1: Okay.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> no, keep it, keep it, keep it. I'll <laughs> <Keep it. laughs> give her a copy of house, okay? You know, just lift your hand, accept Jesus. Easy believism. And, uh, brother, I thought thought Brother Cameron was going to preach my whole message tonight. You know, you can get some baptism in Jesus' name, the influence of the Holy Ghost, and the essentiality of it. And uh, I hope you haven't forgot the meaning of the word essential. Yeah. Uh, It's a very important word in my apostolic vocabulary, essential. There are some things that are just... Absolutely, totally essential. Amen. And we're going to be talking about some of these things tonight, all right? Now, this study is called the Seven Steps of Salvation. Seven Steps of Salvation. I know we're kind of more accustomed to, you know, repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Ghost. But uh, this study has added some things to that. And it is just really a powerful, powerful study. And you're going to be able to use it to help others. You poor brother, without your glasses, you are really in a bad shape, aren't you? He's back there squinting and holding that paper and trying to read it. And, wow. Linda, have you got some glasses, extra glasses? You know, I, when I was a kid, I didn't understand this deal of trading glasses. But, you know, when they're just reading glasses, we just trade them around wherever, you know? Help a little bit. Don't be embarrassed. Just laugh. that <laughs> <laughs> <Not> help? <healthy>, see. <laughs> okay, that's the important thing. All right. All right. The seven steps of salvation. This is the new birth defined. All right. Yes, the new birth defined. All right. And we want to uh, just really. Uh, I'm sure you are familiar with uh, Curtis Young and his son, uh, Miles, yep. We've known them for about 100 years. <laughs> and uh, this one here is a brother to Brother Curtis Young, mm-hmm. Simeon Young. Uh, I don't know if I've ever met him. If I did, I'd have forgotten about it. But he done a very good job of putting together this material, okay? And I have had this, uh, this uh, little brochure in on my desk forever And I just got around and I said, wow, this this is really good. We can use this, all right? And I'm just being very upfront. This is not original with me. And it's all out of the Word of God, so there's nothing to apologize for, okay? All right. So the first step is that we are saved by grace. Oh, my, this grace deal, I mean, that is really a big deal in some of the religious denominations. It's just grace, 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 grace. And grace covers it all. And it doesn't matter, you know, if you had a little uh, uh, falling away with God, you know, if the Lord comes, well, grace is going to cover it all, you know. And you had a little uh, uh, affair outside of your marriage, well, grace will cover that all. And uh, you stole some candy bars down at the grocery store. Well, grace will cover that all. Yeah. That's not true. That's not true. And as we go through this tonight, I hope that you come to a very clear understanding of these seven steps that lead to salvation, all right? All right, we're going to stop Saved by Grace. I'm going to read the first here, and I want some of you to just be ready to read, okay? Just be ready to read. Definition of grace, it is the unmerited love and favor of God. It's something that you don't deserve because you were or uh, maybe in really I could say are a sinner. All right. The state of rec- a state of reconciliation with God. Some demonstrated some demonstrated that the letters of the word grace suggest uh, the across a great redemption at Christ's expense. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful?
2: Isn't
0: that beautiful? Great redemption at Christ's expense. Okay? Alright, now we're going to see the condition of man. We've talked about this in some of our prayer lessons. Uh, read for us, will you? Nathan?
3: For all the sin comes short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ.
0: Alright, we understand where we have come from. We've all been sinners, alright? Titus 2.11, uh, 11 Noah? For the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men. All right, God's grace appeared to us. How did that grace appear? Through the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, right, right. That unmerited favor of God was shown to us through the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, God could have just continued up there and His environment and say. You know, hang you. You don't, you don't want to live for me. I'm not going to do anything for you, you know. But his grace was multiplied and appeared to us. All right? Uh, Ephesians 2 and 5. Bob, can you read that for us? Can you read that? Ephesians 2 and 5. The third one there. Um, um, right
3: there, yeah. Even when we break in sins,
0: very well. Okay. We are not saved apart or separated from the grace of God. We are also not saved apart from God's chosen means of grace. Okay. Let's come in Next verse.
3: You. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift
0: of God. Alright, grace comes from God. He has offered it to us freely. This unmerited favor He has granted to us. Alright, and I know that some of you have come out of the raw, cruel, corrupt world, okay, to a knowledge of God. And you can understand, perhaps, uh, very well what it means for God's grace to be extended to you. Alright? Now the next uh, the next uh, grouping of scriptures is that we are saved by faith. I've said it many times. I think I've even said it here. And I'm going to say it again because I want us to all understand it. That faith is not some butterfly flying around out here in space somewhere and that you're. I got it. You know, with a butterfly net. It's not like that. Faith is something that comes to us. Uh, the scriptures tell us through the word. All right. Definition of faith: it is confidence or trust. All right. You know, I, I never cease to be amazed at how a child, such as this little beautiful redhead down here, can be so trusting of parents. You can take child, hold it up by foot, and hanging out on the floor, and child be perfectly trusted. Right? Not gonna drop me. I don't advise that, but anyway, I mean, I remember our our oldest son, Michael, when he was just a little guy, he was like maybe two years old, two and a half, three, maybe. We had a church picnic at the park, and uh, uh, he and I had this little deal that we did every once in a while, and uh, he would just come running to me just as fast as his little legs could carry him, and he'd come, and I'd just gather him up and throw him way up in the air and catch him, and I don't advise that. It's uh, a little bit on the danger side. But um. <laughs> anyway, I did that. And I, I was talking to a man, a uh, member you the church, staying right beside me. And when I, when I caught him, I put him on the ground. He just ran off. And I started to continue our conversation. He said, don't you ever do that again. <laughs> Scared him to death. Didn't scare my son. He trusted me. Alright? Uh, somebody published something very unique the other day. I thought it was unique. Said, you know, how is it that we can go to the store and we can buy this box that contains all of these pieces called a deep soft puzzle? And it says there's a thousand pieces in there. Alright? Now you believe the manufacturer that there are a thousand pieces in there. And they're all gonna be there. You know, you can trust the manufacturer. But yet sometimes we find it's so hard to press God. Huh? Come on. Come on. I thought, boy, you're talking about a, a tremendous illustration. That was really a great illustration. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's begin to read here a little bit about faith. Thank you, Sister Gina. All right. Um, where are we at, uh, Sister Shannon? Yes. The first verse there. You can read it on the screen. Okay.
2: For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Ephesians 2. All
0: right. All right. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Have any of you ever seen the blood of Jesus Christ? I haven't. But yet we believe the scripture when it says that we confess our sins, it's faithful and just, forgives our sins, and it cleanses us from all unrighteousness. All right? Uh, I think verse 7. Somebody got their Bible real quick back. 1 John 1, 7. Somebody look that up real quick back and we'll read it in a minute. All right? Okay? All right, let's go to the next one, and that will be uh, uh, Sister Rena. Uh, receiving
3: receiving the end of your faith even the, even the salvation of
1: your
0: souls alright faith is so important because faith has got to be a continuing what is a quality in our lives that doesn't only believe at that, that one time of repentance that we will be forgiven but it, we continue to have faith in God and trust God through all of our lives for every need that we have alright and particularly those things that we need in a spiritual sense. So, the end of that faith is the salvation of our souls. All right, uh, brother Paul.
3: But without faith, is an impo- it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe
0: that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Have you ever tried to do business deals with anybody that didn't trust you? Huh? That is difficult. They're, just, they're always just a little bit, you know, in doubt as to whether or not you're going to fulfill your word. Yeah. Uh, in southern Brazil, where we uh, ministered for so many, many years, way back yonder when all of the men had mustaches and all of that, one of them, and, and a lot of them didn't read. And to seal a document, they would reach up, pulled their hair out of their mustache and blew it to the document. That was their seal that they would keep their word. Ow! Okay. Seems kind of funny, doesn't it? But, you know, there are curious things from our back history, you know, just very curious things. But, um, you know, they—they they, a lot of times they didn't have, you know, Anybody to to draw up legal documents and sign it and to um, uh, have a notary public to you know and all that kind of nonsense you know and so it was just glued on a paper and that was their seal that they would keep their promise all right we must believe that God is going to keep all of His promises all right amen. He's going to keep his promises. And when we talk about sin, if we confess our sins, his faithfulness will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Somebody find 1 1, John
1: 1.7?
2: Sister
0: Camarillo.
1: But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin.
0: All right. You've never seen that being done. You don't get that blood out of some box flying to your soul. It is by faith that we receive that forgiveness, that purification, uh, that washing, that regeneration. Amen? Praise God. So faith is important. All right, where are we at for Sister Linda? Sister Walvo, where are you going to read? Uh, You're going to read, but without faith. But without faith it is impossible to please him
1: That cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them
0: that diligently seek Him. You know, know, this scripture is so vitally important. Mm -hmm. But with faith, without faith, that is, it is impossible to please God. Mm -hmm. All right? If you don't believe, you're not going to confess your sin. And God's going to be displeased with that. If you don't believe that God can fill you with His Spirit, then you're not going to seek to be filled. And God's going to be displeased with that. And we could, uh, if you're sick in your body, and, well, I'm going to have the preacher pray for me, well, that's good. But if you don't believe, it's not going to do you any good whatsoever. One of the most amazing things that I found in Scripture, study of Scripture, is that during Jesus' ministry, He said to most of those that He healed, your faith has made you whole. All right? Right. And Jesus always did something to stimulate their faith in Him. He didn't just walk beside that pool and just boom, 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 start touching everybody. But He went to that man because He knew that man would believe Him and trust Him. And would be able to receive his healing. So faith becomes a very vitally important part of all of the work of God in our lives and particularly in our regeneration. <coughs> Alright, Mark 16, 16 and where are we going to go? Let's go over to um, um,
1: He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned.
0: Alright. Believe it. Believe it. I know that the E-T-H on the end of verbs has kind of gone away. That's old English. But, you know, I've I've always liked to have those words in our King James Version because it seems to me that when you put that E-T-H on the end, it denotes a continuing action. You understand? You don't just believe and forget it. Believe and leave it But he that believeth, to me, in my way of thinking, it denotes an action that just goes on and on and on and does not end. Okay? So he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not not shall be condemned. All right? Use a more suitable term there. Uh, That word has been a little bit uh, degenerated over the years. All right? So we trust him. He that believeth will be baptized. Alright? He that doesn't believe is not going to be baptized. And so he's going to be condemned because he was not obedient. Okay? Next verse of scripture. Sister Gina, read for us one, please. Thou believest that there is one God,
1: thou doest well. The devils also believe.
0: faith without works is dead, alright? Now, I I have given the example of, you know, going to the water faucet to get water. You go to the cupboard, you get the glass, put the glass out of the faucet, you turn it on, okay? Because you believe there's going to be water in that faucet, okay? That's just the way it is. You get ready to go to your bathroom to take a shower, You get your towel, you get all of your clothes, you take it into the bathroom because you believe with all of your heart that there's going to be water in the tap when you turn it on. Alright? That's faith. Faith in what? Faith in a human institution. Right? Faith in a human institution. How is it that we can have so much faith in a human institution like the uh, what do we call it in Porto Lego? I mean in uh, no, 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 the water department. It's called the water of Stuckham. I don't know. I forget what you call it now. <laughs> anyway, I was almost said it and almost said it before he gave what it was where we lived for so many years. D M A E. All right? Uh, and and I, I use this illustration because many times we would go to the faucet and there was no water. There was no water. And so most of us had water tanks on the tops of our houses and water was stored there. And we used water out of that tank. It was a constant flow situation, gravity feed. Um, but I did not hook up the washer nor the laundry tank to that water tank because I wanted to know when there was no water coming into it. I had no way of knowing other than that. If there was no water in the laundry tank, for me to wash the dirt off my hands after working in my garden. Then I knew the water, and I said, hey, no washing clothes today, take it easy, make sure we've got to it could be up for two or three days. So we had to have that 500 or 1,000 liters of water stored up there to be able to use. Okay? So we must have faith in God. Now faith without works is dead. We believe that God is going to forgive our sins, so we do what, Paul?
2: Confess, thank you.
0: All right. We believe that God's going to fill us with the Holy Ghost, Sister Camarena. So we do what? Simple four-letter word, huh? Seek. See, if we believe, we're going to seek, right? That's just the way it is. That there's always an action. Yes, sir. That is connected with faith. Yes. Read the Bible and read it and, and with understanding, and you will see yes. that faith is always connected with works in some way. Amen. All right. Amen. Brother, well, we we'll won't quit talking too much. You're not going to get through. <laughs> okay. Uh, <clears throat> uh, there is more to salvation than believing God. Even demons believe. All
1: right. The demons believe in trouble, The Bible says. Yeah, believe in tremble.
0: Yeah. yeah. I've had people say, do you believe in God? Absolutely. Well, they usually don't give me an opportunity to explain why I believe in God, but I do believe. And they probably believe too, but not like me. They have absolutely no works to connect with. There's no repentance. There's no seeking after God. There's no reading of God's Word. And these are the things that we need to do. There's no separation from the world. There's no living of a holy life. Okay? Remind me of. Words that I read about today. It was absolutely fantastic. It just, it just opened my mind to something that I had never seen before. Maybe you know it. I, I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Romans 10:10. Where are we at in our reading, Uh Ms. Cameron?
1: For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession
0: is made unto salvation. Alright, there it is again, faith and works. You believe, so you confess. God of a sinner, I've done wrong. I didn't live right. Okay? Okay, step number three. Step number three. Thank you, Sister Gina. Definition of confession. We're talking about confession. And there is a shading of difference between confession and repentance. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah, I confess. I stole the candy bar out of the supermarket. But if I don't repent, I'll probably do it again. Okay. <laughs> I really don't see a candle without a market, but, uh, You know, it's just an illustration. Okay? So when you repent, it's different from just a mere confession. All right? All right. Define confession. To disclose sins or faults to God. Hello? <laughs> Confess to who? No, to God. To God. Excuse me, but, you know, I don't... I don't like to, you know, talk lightly of other people's beliefs. But, you know, there are some that just need to be talked about. You know, why should I have to talk to the priest who's going to talk to Mary, who's going to talk to Jesus, who's going to talk to God and get my sin Uh, forgiven? I'm sorry. Please don't be offended with me. The Bible says very clearly that we have direct access. That's mm-hmm. right. That's why the the veil in the temple when Jesus died was rent, yes. and it was not rent from bottom to top or from top to bottom to indicate that it was a divine work, a work that God did, and God opened the way up into the holy of holies. So that we can all walk in there with our sins forgiven and we don't have to have anybody to be our intermediary in that process. Amen? Right. Alright. Uh, Brother Camarena, please. Uh, oh no let, no, let me go on here. To unburden their conscience, to acknowledge guilt, wrongdoing, or sinfulness. Boy, that is tough for some people. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Really tough. You know, and if you don't believe that, raise some kids. <laughs>
1: huh?
0: At least a couple. At least a couple, yeah. How many? I didn't do it. And the other one said, I didn't do it either. Well, I guess there been an elf that came in here and did it then, you know. <laughs> All right, that is sometimes very, very difficult. To admit to unbecoming deeds, okay? All right, now we're going to, we're going to repeat here, Romans 10, 10, and uh, uh, Brother Cabrera, senior,
2: please. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. With
0: the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Salvation. First John one nine, and I guess we're back to where we go. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins
3: and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
0: I love this scripture. And brother Miguel, I want all of us tonight to understand that the book of First John was written to the church. To the believers, to the body of Christ. If we confess our, hello. But I'm in the church. Oh yeah, I'm glad. Does that mean that you are totally sinless? Probably not. You know, uh, you've probably lost your temper a time or two, or you know, or you were tempted to maybe tell an untruth or whatever. You know. But, uh, you know, uh, there's probably something, you know, that is gone wrong. And so we have sinned. And even though that we have been, we have repented and been baptized and received the Holy Ghost, if after that we sin, if we confess it, we can be forgiven. That sin does not have to be the end of the road. It doesn't have to be the end of our Christian experience. And others that get involved in more, <coughs> well, let me clarify it. In our language we would say, in more horrible sins. But in God's sight, sin is sin. You know, there's no big sin or little sins. <laughs> and what we may term as a little sin could keep us out of heaven just as quick as a big bad sin. Okay? True. Sin is sin. True. Sin is sin. And any, th- any time that we have committed any of those things, mentioned in Galatians 5, 19-21, we committed any of those things, any time we, the Bible says clearly we're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So we've got to make sure that our lives are free of those things and that we will uh, be ready to meet the Lord when He comes, as the Lord has so exhorted us to do tonight, all right? Uh, first 1 John 1.9 we read. We're now going to uh, Proverbs no, we're going to James
1: 5:16. Confess your faults to one another, and pray one for another. That they may need, need the be healed. In fact, for prayer of righteous men Very
0: much. Thank you. <laughs> Confess your faults one to another. Mm-hmm. Confess your faults to your husband. Sometimes you've even got to ask your kids forgiveness. Now, kids, don't put a lot of stock in that because, uh, you know, if they're wrong, they will confess it to you and ask you to forgive them. And I hope you will. All right? <coughs> That's very, very important. Uh, and pray one for another. All right? Not gossip. Huh? Not gossip. <laughs> and not gossip, yeah. <laughs> and not gossip. Right. Proverbs 28, 13, This is a powerful scripture, and we need to I guess we going to start with Brother Nathan again, alright?
3: Yeah. He that covers, his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have the mercy.
0: What would you tell me, Nathan, are the two key words in this in this scripture? Cover it? <laughs> Thank you. All right?
1: That's repentance.
0: That is true repentance. Thank you, Sister Linda. Yes. Hey, listen, guys. If at any point you want to make a comment, at any point you want to ask a question, please, please. I, I, I love that. I love the interaction. I really do. Okay? And uh, j- just for clarification, there is no such thing as a stupid question. You don't know. The only way you're going to find out is to ask somebody that does know. I used to get so amused when I was teaching in Bible college because somebody would very timidly lift their hand. You know, yes, yeah, what's your question? And they would ask their questions, and I'd look my just up my eyes roll over the classroom as they did, and everybody's going, nodding their head, yeah. I want to know too, but they didn't have the courage to ask the question. They owed a lot to that person that had the courage to ask it. So, uh, maybe you want to have somebody owe you, ask the question of what you don't understand. Alright? We're talking about covering of sins. Whoever does that is not going to prosper. Alright? Spiritually, and maybe in many other ways. Not going to prosper. Okay? And it says, goes on to say, and this is very important, and Nathan has mentioned it you confess and you forsake. And as Sister Walmart said, that is true repentance. I don't continue to do the things that I once did. And the writers of scriptures bring that to our attention. All right. We talked about confession, now let's go to repentance. All right. If it is a repentance, change one's mind, to turn around, to make an about face. All right. Uh, Noah. He that covereth his sins. back not to that again. All right. Shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Okay. Shall yeah, have mercy. All right. You will note that I underline the word forsaketh. All right. <laughs> That didn't come out on our slide, but that's fine. Okay, you have it on your feet. Forsaken. So go to uh, 2 Corinthians 7 and 10, and that will be Noah. Won't you just read? Oh, sorry. For God is hard
3: for repentance to salvation, not to repentance. repentant. But it's hard, it's hard, it's hard the work, of the, I mean, work,
0: Yeah worketh death, all right? God is sorrow. It's not that I, I'm sorry. But this is a sorrow that brings us down into the pit of despair where we feel condemnation, where we feel judged, where we feel unworthy. That is godly um, uh, sorrow, Okay. Alright, now let's go to Brother Camerina, we're going to go to 2 Peter 3 and 9. No, we're going to Lucas uh, 13 and 3. I tell
3: you, nay, but except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish.
0: Alright? The Jews wanted to say, oh, those people, that tower fell on, those people, that wall fell on, uh, you know, they must have been some of the greatest sinners in the world to have that horrible thing happen to them. said, that's not true. That's not true, but except all of you repent, you're all going to perish. All right, and so and so we've all got to repent of our sins. All right. Now we're going to go to um, uh, we're going to go to Second Peter three nine. Uh, sister Shannon, can you do it? think Peter three nine.
2: Um, I tell you oh sorry the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long suffering to us not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance
0: praise God praise God anybody want to say that with me praise Praise God God. God. yes that God doesn't want anybody to perish He's not sitting up there. Let's see if I can find him something wrong so I can slap it to him. No. He loves us, cares for us, and is very concerned about our eternal destination. And he's not slack concerning his promises. And if I can be so bold as to say so, uh, he is not slack concerning his promises with regard to blessing. And neither is he slack concerning his promises with regard to punishment. Right? Mm -hmm. The ungodly, the unrighteous are going to be punished. And that is as sure as the sun will come up in the morning. Okay? Repentance is more than being sorry for one's sin. It involves a lifestyle and mindset adjustment. We must not stop here. Alright, <clears throat> Acts 2.38. Sister Raina.
1: And then entire thing, or just scripture.
0: Acts 2.38. Then
1: Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy
0: Ghost. The people had just asked Peter. We feel condemned because you have shown us how that we killed the Lord of life, the Savior of the world. We condemned him to be crucified. We stood there in the public square and we cried out, crucify him, crucify him. We're guilty. And anybody who has committed any kind of sin is guilty. All right? We stand before God guilty. But if we will repent We can be forgiven of all of our sins, be cleansed, and be purified. All right? Any questions about repentance? No questions? No questions? Well, when a person confesses, sometimes they confess because they got caught. (laughs) That's
1: really not repentance,
0: but, you know, there
1: is a huge difference. Never, never, not forget
0: the story of a uh, of a very renowned uh, television radio preacher, and he got caught in a horrendous situation of marital infidelity. Okay, I mean he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. All right, Oh my, he, he went on television. and He held his wife's hand. He was crying his big old tears. And he went on and on, you know. And Well, lo and behold, a few months later, he got caught out here in California doing the same thing all over again. I guess there wasn't much repentance there, was there? Absolutely not. All right? We, If we truly repent, we cease to do what we did. All right? Now the next one, number five. All right? Huh? Oh, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll, think I'm going to make it. All right? Now, (coughs) Brother Camarena, this question of baptism is really a pretty big deal in some Religious denominations—they do not believe that baptism is essential for salvation. They must have a different Bible than mine, <laughs> because it's very clear in mine. All right. Now, baptism—I'll never forget a uh, a man that converted from the. That church, was it in Canada? Remember that guy? He preached for us later on, preached up there in New Westminster. Remember? I uh, not Well, what church was that? No, 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 no. He was something like the Episcopalian of, of Canada, something like that. He was, you know, a similar church. Anyway, he converted, was baptized in Jesus' name, received the Holy Ghost, and was preaching around in our churches. And he took the pulpit one night in this church that we. I had gone to attend a service there when he was preaching and there was a glass of water sitting there on the pulpit. He said, held it up and said, my oh my. He said, you know, he said, I can baptize my whole congregation with a glass of water. Oh. Because they baptized by drinking. My wife and I visited the, the National Cathedral in Brazil. I had gone by it many, many times. We had not had the occasion to stop there. Finally, we had time to stop there. It is an absolutely enormous building. It is the, um, the, 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 the sanctuary of their Little Black Mary, right? And uh, I was walking around there in all those rooms and up and down those corridors and trying to find this and just I wanted to see what it looked like and I'm walking all around, walking all around, oh, there it is. And it's like a little doll It was up there in this glass-covered box hanging up there on the wall. And I thought, my God, have mercy. My God, have mercy. Is that what people worship?
1: they stand in line for hours to see her.
0: Unreal. 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 We need we need at the close of this service tonight. We need to lift our hands and thank God yes, sir. that truth has been revealed to yes, us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank God that truth has been revealed thank to us. Thank you, Jesus. I'm sitting on the bus one night, thank you, Lord. making a trip from Rio de Janeiro to Sao Paulo. About a seven-hour trip at night. And it's a sleeper bus, but I happened to be awake at the time, just the moment we drove by on the freeway by that church. And the bus driver was making the sign of the cross over his chest. And I thought, my friend, if you knew who was sitting in this bus, you wouldn't be worried. There is a holy ghost, Ap- holy ghost-filled apostolic preacher sitting here that God is going to watch over, all right? You don't have to fear anything. God's going to take care of me, all right? Amen. Yes. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise Amen. God. Praise Amen. Yes. Amen. And so then later on, my wife and I were together again in that big, huge building. And uh, they were just including some kind of a little mass or something there. And the priest that was officiating over that, he dips, his, dips a little stick in a, uh, some kind of a container of water. He's sprinkling all the people. Walking down the are you familiar with that, brother? I hope you're not offended what I'm saying tonight. No, no. okay. They walked down the aisle and they hit in the middle of Alright. I'm telling the truth, alright? Yeah. And my wife said, and they make fun of we apostolic. Yeah. Those are my
1: ritual.
0: Huh? That's holy water, sister. You just got sprinkled with holy water. You're saying... All right, all right. Let's read the definition of baptism: to dip, to plunge, to submerge. A religious ceremony signifying spiritual pur- purification by what? Immersion. By what? Immersion. Say it again. Immersion. Immersion. In water. I was 10 years old when my dad baptized me, alright, dad was a licensed minister, alright. I thought my daddy was going to drown me,
2: (laughs) (laughs) may have,
0: but what happened was that when he put me down he saw that I didn't get completely covered and so before I could get my breath he put me down the second time. I mean I was baptized, (laughs) thoroughly baptized, hallelujah, praise God, praise God, and what means to immerse, it is completely covered, all right? Now we're going to get down here to another verse of scripture. Listen,
1: there there isn't any any examples given here where someone was baptized in the Bible. But every, I mean, every example that's given, they came up, they went down into the water, and right. they came up
0: out of the water. Right. Peter baptized? Oh, no. Um, mm-hmm. Philip baptized the unity. And you know, the unity probably had some kind of a canteen with him with some water to drink because he was going down through the desert. But he didn't say, here's a little water, baptize me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they came to an oasis. Palm trees around is probably in the a pool of water, and he said, "Here's water, and here I can be baptized." He understood what Christian baptism involved. All right. Okay, who who is the last to read? Hey, we got a question here. Uh oh. <coughs> you got dip,
1: plunge, or submerge? What's the difference between dip and submerge?
0: There's no difference. Okay. These American writers they like to use different words that mean the same thing. Yeah, it means the And do same I way. ever have problem when it comes to translating mm-hmm. that? Because yeah. there's not all of this variety sometimes mm-hmm. to use. So
3: Yeah I, I, I asked her the question because I was when somebody to me, when somebody says dip, it's like to me, dip your toe in the water because <laughs> the water. Right. Yeah. But obviously, she completely clear in Exactly what it is. Exactly. Completely 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 one. exactly. One. All right?
0: Right about it. very right about it. I like this. This is good. And we all learn from this uh, interchange. I have a question. Yes? Believe yes.
3: it or not. Yes. I see people, uh, generally, most times I see people get baptized. They're, um, you know, hand like this, and they kind of go back. Right? You see them, you kind of put them down i see a few people baptized in the lake, and they just they go just straight down and come up. Well, as long as I mean they're fully covered. Just where did we get the?
1: Well, because you're being buried. And yeah. That's what the scripture says that you're buried within yeah. and in baptism, and that's supposed to represent the death, burial, and resurrection.
0: That's going so buried back down. Absolutely. Okay. Are we all listening?
2: I mean
0: I think okay. that's important. Yeah. yeah. Very valuable. I don't I don't think I don't think brother brother Kettle, I, mean, I don't think that the bodily position is all that important as long as the body is completely covered. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yes.
1: Exactly.
0: That's the only we have or what's yeah. in the book? All right. Can we move on? Yeah. All right. Uh Who, who read last? Whether Paul, it's your turn. Then I guess the First Peter three twenty. Now, now listen. I want to tell you what this scripture is very, very important because this scripture totally does away with the idea that baptism is not an essential part of the process of salvation. All right, read it for us.
3: The like figure were unto even baptism that also now save us, not the putting away, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. But the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of
0: Jesus Christ. All right, I probably should have put verse 20 in here because it refers to Noah. And it says that Noah was saved by water. Okay? Water destroyed all the rest of the inhabitants, but because of his faith and because he did what God commanded him to do, he was saved by water. He was able to float on top of it. Was not uh, committed to it in a death experience. All right? Now, anybody that wants to argue whether baptism is essential or not, this scripture is one of the primary ones that you can take them to. All Like figure right? um, where to even baptism, baptism doth also now save us. All right? Now keep all of these things in mind because we've got a conclusion coming up here wow, I'm going to have to hurry. All right. Uh, Mark 16, 16. That will be Sister Linda. He
1: that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be
0: damned. All right. We've read that already. We're familiar with that. Okay, let's go to Acts 8:16, And that will be uh, Sister Gina. 8:16. 16
1: as yet he was fallen upon none none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus.
0: Alright. Where was this? Book of Acts. (laughs) 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 Put it in the question. What city? Samaria. (laughs) Alright. Samaria. Okay. So, they had believed, and they had been taken to baptism, but the Holy Ghost had not yet been poured out upon them. Alright? Okay, that was Acts 16. Okay, 1048. Uh, uh, Yes? Uh, And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. That's 10, or forty 48. Forty is that 10, 48? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. And he commanded to be baptized in the name of the Lord. <laughs> All right. Now, the the important thing to remember here is, where is this? Huh? No, this one is not. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> This is the household of Cornelius. And as Peter preached to them, what happened? The Holy Ghost fell. They received the Holy Ghost. Oh, okay. I received the Holy Ghost. Huh? That's it. But Peter came now and said, You've got to be baptized. It said he commanded them to be baptized. He didn't just suggest it, he commanded them to be to be baptized. Peter wanted to make sure that the full and complete work had been accomplished. All right? they're very important. Okay, Acts 19.5. When
1: When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus.
0: All right. Acts 19.5, where where is Paul preaching? Ephesus. Ephesus. Thank you. Ephesus. Uh, Paul met some believers. They were at the riverside having a good old-fashioned prayer meeting, and uh, he said, "Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Holy Ghost? What's that? We haven't even heard of it." He said, "Wait a minute. We're going to have to check your baptism. See if you were baptized correctly. How were you baptized? We were baptized into John's baptism. Oh!" And explained to them that they needed to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Acts 4.12, For there is salvation and none other, for there is none of the heaven given under None the name? <laughs> none of the name given unto heaven one man, whereby you must be saved. Alright? Yes.
1: So, why did the. Why did John go about baptizing one way and then the real way was kind of that. so like for somebody that was Okay, baptized, I'm going to give you a
0: very short explanation, okay? Mm-hmm. Just, just, this is the Reader's Digest explanation, the condensed version, alright? And then this gets very uh, involved, alright? It is a study of dispensations.
2: Right.
0: Basically there are or will be seven dispensations. Beginning with Adam and da da. da, da, da. Alright? At the time of John the Baptist, they were still under the dispensation of the law. And that's why Jesus could say to the thief on the great cross, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He was not baptized, and he did not receive the Holy Ghost, because that was under the law. Now, after Jesus' death, then there came in the apostolic, uh, what should I say, uh, of rules and regulations, okay, established by God, where it would uh require baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost.
3: So they just needed to believe, Yes. Huh? So those that were baptized into John just had to believe, yeah,
0: that, yeah, uh, they had to repent, they had to repent. They had to repent. Of
1: their evil deeds. And
0: uh, there was a lot of them that John would not baptize. But he goes, Where's the fruit of your repentance? Where is it? I don't see any fruit of repentance in you. He called them all kinds of names. Uh, yeah, some pretty bad names. He, he did. I so don't uh, exactly uh, we were huh? it, 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 what the baptism was. Huh? we think they baptized
1: in water, but they were baptized
0: under your Nothing. I don't think anything special was called over them. Uh-huh. All right? It was just John's baptism. baptism. He was called to preach repentance and to baptize. Now, obviously, as we study Scripture uh, in depth, those that were disciples of Jesus had been baptized into John's baptism, but at some point they were baptized in the name of Jesus. All right? Okay?
1: Jesus.
0: You have nothing to repent for. No. May I well, and, and that's a very valid point, this woman, because Jesus uh, gave us an example. Sample. Sample. Gave us an example. He did not need baptism because he had no sin to be cleansed from. Alright? Okay? But he was baptized as an example that we should follow in his steps over in the Book of Peter, all right? Very well. People start opening up here, and we're going to get stuck. All right? What do we read the last, 1048, uh, 95, 2216? And whose turn is it? Just one?
1: And now, us down? arise, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins calling
0: the name of the Lord, Acts 22. All right. Be baptized and wash away your sins. What is it that washes away our sins? Baptism. <coughs> the
2: name of Jesus
1: Christ.
0: The name of Jesus Christ. Now this is an important thing to remember. The, re, the remission of our sins comes through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> Some people want to make a big deal about baptismal tanks. Mm-hmm horse troughs and and seawater and whatever. I don't care what kind of water it is. I baptized in a river one time that was so filled with red dirt that my underclothes never got white again. All right? <laughs> they were permanently stained, red, all right? Baptized a large number of people in that, that water that was uh, flood water that had come off the uh, fields with red dirt. Uh, it's water, all right? It doesn't have to be pure and clean and fresh. And it doesn't have to be um, fresh water. It can be seawater, Whatever you have, all right, available, baptized. It is a symbolic bearing of the old man, of the old nature. And you rise to walk in newness of life, all right? Uh, Acts 10, 43. Just come in on the I guess
1: him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins
0: alright alright very well so we are saved by baptism uh, Luke 24 47 uh, Brother Camarena
2: and that repentance and remission of sins should
0: be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem what should be preached? his name Repentance remission of Bapt. What? Repentance and remission of sin. Repentance or remission of sins. Do we preach in his name? name. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it, it talks about the importance of baptism. All right? Acts 2.38, we're all familiar with it. We read it again tonight. We're not going to read it again. All right? Step number six. We are saved by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Uh, Jesus answered and said unto him, Very, very, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very, very, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. All right? So we've got to be born of the Spirit. Oh there has got to be this supernatural, uh, and I repeat that, supernatural transformation that takes place in our lives through repentance and water baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That is and all essential parts of the new birth experience, all right? Very, very important, all right? No, very, very essential. Let me use the right word, all right? Romans 8 and 9, and we're going to go to other Miguel.
2: But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of this. Uh,
0: uh, uh, wait a minute. Did Jesus have a different spirit other than the holy spirit? <laughs> That's a facetious question, isn't it? All right? But some people would like to make a use Oh, well, it was a different spirit. No. If we have to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the word unto himself, so if God, who was the spirit, was in Christ, the spirit that was in Christ was God. Amen. And so if we have God's spirit dwelling in us, then we... Uh, have become the sons of God. All right, that was Romans eight nine, right? Yes. yes. Eight fourteen. For uh, as many are and are led by the Spirit of God, they are the
3: Son of God. All right. We must be led
0: of God's Spirit, not led by our own selfish carnal desires, not led by our own wants, not led by that that satisfies our emotional well-being but led by the Spirit of God that will lead us in the path of righteousness. Amen? Amen. All right, speaking in other tongues, as the Spirit uh, gives the utterance, is the initial physical evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost. Read about the new birth in Acts uh, 2, 2, 1-4. Now, I want to point out in this particular passage, and I did not add this word, because this is the basic Creed, the basic belief that we have because of the examples that we find in the Word of God and that is that the receiving of the Holy Ghost, the first initial, what does initial mean? The beginning, the the first sign is speaking in other tongues. And why is that? Because of what James wrote to us and said that every member of the body can be controlled but the tongue, uh, what a nasty piece of red family. Behind the pearly gates,
2: huh?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it can get you in so much trouble. And it is so uncontrollable. Except that we have God's Spirit pulling it. So, when when
3: you say initial evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost,
0: What is the final evidence? What is the final evidence? Galatians 5, 22
2: 24.
0: Fruit bearing. Okay. Preach. Preach Preach. Preach. (laughs) on that one. That'll preach for a long time brother. That'll preach for a long time.
1: Right. This life has really been changed. around.
0: Was <coughs> like it. That's a did I get the right references this 5.22. No, well, when you get the Holy Day, No, in your Bible. Look in your Bible. Yeah, right. Galatians 5.
3: Um, 22. 24, 24. 21 to 24. Essentially. Well, it's actually 19. Right no, that's the work of the
0: way. It's uh, yeah. 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 22. 22, yeah, I thought um, it was 22 right. And three. Okay, Galatians 22, 522, five, 22, just 23, not 24, right? 24, 24, off, off. 24 off, okay? Alright. There are additional. Uh, Note no one thing that the word fruit there is singular.
2: Is that important? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, I have all this stuff. All right? In that that particular verse that uh, Sister Camerina has brought up for us tonight, it says, And the fruit of the Spirit, not fruits, plural. If you have the Holy Ghost, as you need to have it, and you have it in the fullness that Brother Camerina has uh, encouraged us to have tonight, okay, we will. We will produce this fruit. Alright? It's all going to be produced. It is one collective fruit-bearing process because it comes by the power of the Holy Ghost in us. Alright? What's our subject title tonight?
1: I I don't think I think it's really important to let everybody know that if you receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in tongues. But that doesn't mean that you're going to be some saint overnight. No. That you're going to have all of your bad habits are gone, all of your evil thoughts are gone. It means that you're going to be conscious, and you're going to you're going to you're going to say, God, I need help because I can't do this. I, you know, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you and guide you into all truth, and you, those fruits are going to show in your life.
0: <coughs> okay. That's That's confusing I say to many people. Huh?
3: That's why we've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost That's and right, keep it yeah. in our
0: hearts. That's so why Paul wrote said, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a continual line of the yes. Spirit. It isn't yes. a receiving one time and say, oh, thank God I got it. No. Okay? Amen?
1: That discourages a lot of people when they get Holy Ghost that they think, oh, I've sinned, so now I don't have anything. That's a lie of the devil. That's
0: a lie of the devil. Very righteous woman, okay? Hey, this Bible study is really interesting. This is, we're getting involved in this, and that's good. I appreciate what it with Paul, Serena, my wife. But she's accustomed to me uh, 50 some years, so she doesn't have any qualms about interrupting me and making her little <laughs> comments. So I appreciate it. I really All right? <laughs> Okay, we have talked about Acts 10, 44-46 40 through, through as the Holy Ghost poured out on the Gentile in the household of Cornelius. Uh, we're not going to go into the reading of Acts 2, 1-4. Uh, you know, I would encourage you to read through this again and again and maybe again and again, alright? Uh, Acts 19, 5-6 and uh, we have, uh, they were baptized correctly. Uh, Paul laid his hands on them and they were, re- they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Alright? Now, the last and final step, and this is very important, and I'm glad that this was put in here because that there is no point in our Christian experience where we say, "I got it made." There's no point where right? you can say, "I got it made." <coughs> I remember getting having to go to meet with a minister who was accused of some. Marital infidelity and boy, I mean, he got major upset he was really upset he said I don't know about you guys but he said I don't have that kind of problem ooh ooh let him that stands take heed lest he fall. even if he was not guilty at that point because of his boasting in his superior, uh, supposed superior uh, position in Christ, he later fell and divorced his wife and married another woman. Okay? And lost his position Okay? Sad. But we have got to recognize that we must have God's assistance at all times to be able to endure everything that is going to be thrown against us. Definition of endurance: the act, quality, or power of withstanding hardship. Just because you became a Christian, everything is not going to be easy. Matter of fact, it may get a little hard. It may get somewhat difficult because you have changed teams. The team you were on was happy that you were there, and God wasn't fighting against you. He just loved you and wanted you to come over on His team, but. You know, he didn't fight against you and try to get you to do something you didn't want to do, all right? But as soon as you get on God's team, the devil is never going to be happy with that, and he's going to do everything in his power to try and get you back on his team again. Right. All right? And that's where endurance comes. Paul, do question?
3: Um, more of a statement, a clarification, um, so anybody uh, doesn't get confused or have questions. I know in Acts 19:5 where it says Paul laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Obviously, we know from Acts chapter two that when the Holy Ghost was first poured out, there nobody laid their physical hands on someone. Uh, so, just so want to make sure that people understand that you don't have to necessarily lay hands on someone for you to actually. Receive the Holy Ghost.
0: That is that is true in some cases and not true in other cases. We had a young lady come to our church in Washington a number of years ago, well over forty years ago. Uh, her uh, she met a young man who was in the Navy, all right? He was backslidden out of church and he was in the navy. He had him a girlfriend in every port, was like sailor, you know, the old saying, you know. Well, he said to her when he set sail to leave, he said, well, if you ever get the chance, come and see me. Well, she got the chance. And she sent him a letter and said, Archie, I'm going to come see you. Well, by this time, Archie had met another young lady and was in, engaged to be married. And he to me, he said, woman, what in the world am I going to do? I said, well, you're going to go you're going to go down south to the city where your girl, your fiancee lives. You're going to pick her up and then you're going to drive back north to where the airport is. You're going to pick up Sylvia. And uh, I know it's going to be a shock and, uh, and all, but that's what you're going to have to do. Well, that was hard medicine, but he did it. And Sylvia had already planned to stay a month and she stayed her month. And she attended all the services. And before the last Sunday that she was with us, she said, Brother Warren, I want to be baptized. Well, she had gone to the altar, but we never did see any, any real brokenness or weeping. But in her heart, she had repented, and she wanted to be baptized. And we baptized her. Well, at that time, I was receiving a, a magazine from the British Isles, England, Scotland, uh, Ireland, all of that, all few churches there. They published a little monthly magazine or something like that. Anyway, I had a list of all the churches and I found out where she lived and I said, here's the church that is closest to where you live. So she would go up there every weekend and stay with the pastor and his wife and then go back and be on her job in the city where she lived. Well, after some time, she wrote us and I'm connecting what you're saying. Uh, she wrote us and said, I was in my apartment alone the other night praying and God filled me with Spirit." Fantastic story. Just, just absolutely an incredible story of what God can do. Where there is a hungry heart, God will fill that heart with his spirit. Amen? Thank you, Brother Paul. That was a, a valid point there, okay? Endurance. All right. Uh, uh, I, I want to finish this. I want to finish this. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. I mean, when have we ever seen so much hate for a Christian as we're seeing in our country right now no, never seen okay. right now alright some places you say you're a Christian you can't even get a job yeah they hate you, they hate you. okay they hate you the alright in the name of love and yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> very well put alright alright right. Second um, uh, Timothy 2 3 and I'm reading now the hasten. now therefore in your hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ Anybody here serving the Army, Marine? Boom, wow. Hey, that boot camp wasn't easy, was it? No. That boot camp wasn't easy. Running and climbing and jumping and, boy, I mean, you really go through it. If I knew I was going to be wrapped in sunshine, I'd have been out there doing road work. I'd have been getting in the, the best shape I could. <laughs> I wouldn't suffer too much at the time of uh, boot camp, all right? But you endure harness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Blessed is a man that endureth temptation, for he, for when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. James 1:12. All right. And I would like to have you just note there in your page there to read um, um, Revelation, um, uh, the message to the seven churches, uh, chapters. Two and three, I believe, Sister Camerina. Thank you for your help. Okay? Because to each one of the churches, Jesus instructed John to write, He that endureth to the end, shall we say. Alright? That's scripture. Huh? That's scripture. That's scripture. Alright? He that endureth to the end. Anytime you talk about endurance, you're talking about going through hardship. And, and, And I want you to try and imagine what that first century church went through, as they were persecuted, as they were thrown to the lands, as they were stoned to death, as they were beheaded and thrown in prison, I mean, they went through some of the most horrible, awful sufferings beyond anything that we can imagine, all right? Now, the last page, page four, want us to understand two things here. One, the number seven. That is supposed to be seven, not seven. The number seven played a prominent role uh, in uh, the ancient Jews' religious life. The children of Israel obeyed the command to march around the city of Jericho once each day for six days, and on the seventh they marched around it seven times. All right. At the sound of the trumpet, when they shouted a great shout, the wall, city walls, walls, crumbled. Uh, Jesus, uh, God created the world in six days, and on the seventh, He rested. There are seven days in a week. Seven is just very important throughout uh, all of the history. Elijah sent his servant uh, to Naaman the leper, captain of the Syrian <coughs> army, to tell him to wash seven times in the River Jordan. He obeyed and was healed. Okay. Seventh uh, so day Exodus we were talking about. Number seven indicates perfection and symbolizes the completeness or wholeness. In this Bible study, we show the necessity of seven progressive steps of salvation. All right? Now, I want us to be very, to pay very careful attention to the illustration in this last part. Suppose a person who cannot swim falls overboard. Suppose a friend in the boat throws a lifeline and pulls him or her to safety. With, or who, or what saved the drowning person? Was it the friend? The lifeline, the life preserver, the boat. It did that the person save himself? The answer, of course, is that the friend saved him. The lifeline and the life preserver and the boat saved him. He also saved himself by holding on to the life preserver. Okay? Certainly they holler at him, hold on tight! And they drum him in. Alright? This simple parable helps us to understand that it's foolish to say. That we are saved by grace apart from other uh, from means, as it would be for drunk, the drowning man to claim that any one of the above means saved him with or without the intervention of others. All right? <coughs> if there was no one to pull the rope in; he would have been saved. If there was no life preserver attached to the rope, he would have been saved. If there hadn't been a boat to put him into; he would have been <coughs> saved. It was all essential for his salvation. The Bible also teaches that God used means, called by theologians the means of grace. This pamphlet lists seven of God's chosen means of grace and is a quick reference and teaching tool. On these pages are pertinent portions of the pure Word of God to show how God saves by grace. When the truth of salvation by grace is accepted, the doctrine of easy believism loses its siren appeal. Okay? I have gone. overtime, time. I got through. And I hope it was worth staying a little bit longer. To get this whole thing in one big nutshell. for me. Alright? Stand together. Can we come here? Something more to say? They did the Bible study. Huh? They did the Bible study. Oh, my. People people, are saying the truth here, eh? Anytime you want to talk to somebody about uh, what the Bible talks about with regard to salvation, here it is. It's all laid out for you. All right? It's all here. All right? Everybody get a copy? Everybody got a copy? Okay, very well. Yeah, I think you've got something very valuable in your hand tonight, and may you use it to help others find this truth that can save their eternal soul. Amen? We need more Amen. No, I mean for others that are not here. Just oh. Loving Jesus, thank you for your word. Powerful word. That gives us clear instructions as to what we need to do to save our eternal souls. We thank you for your word, and we ask you to bless it in our hearts. And may we do as David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Help us to be obedient, hearers of the word. And we will give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. And I do thank you for your patience. All right. I do thank you for your patience. Forgive me. Oh, my. I almost put such a memory. If you have if you have an off reader title, you are walking put
3: it on the platform as well.